We've all heard the term gut health, but why is it important? Why is it something we should be paying attention to? And what can we do about it? That is what we're talking about in today's episode. I promise you, it's going to be loaded full of information you're not going to want to miss. Stay tuned. friends and welcome back to another episode of Redefining Balance podcast. I am so excited that you're here to hang out with me today. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, your host, and today we are talking about gut health. Now, let me just say some of the things we're going to be talking about today, you might be like, ew, gross. Bear with me. This is good information for you to have for yourself and for your family. And we are joined by one of my favorite guests that we have on the show. She is what I consider to be our health expert here at Your Life Rocks, Lindsay Young, and she is going to be talking to us all about why gut health is important, what we can do about it, and really everything she shares is so empowering to know that we have so much control. And honestly, if you've never listened to Lindsay before on this podcast, she talks about health in a way that is so easy to implement, not overwhelming at all. And she really is like the guru when it comes to health for busy women. So I know you're going to love learning from her today. Now, like I said before, Lindsay has been on this podcast so many times in the past talking about different aspects of health. She's also a top contributor inside of Life Balance Membership. Inside Life Balance Membership, you have access to a number of different resources, including a resource area for each of the eight areas of life that we talk about here at Your Life Rocks. And Lindsay has great resources in there under the health section. So if you are a member, make sure you go and check that out for more information on Lindsay. If you're not yet a member, you can learn more by going to lifebalancemembership.com. And of course, you can always learn more about Lindsay by going to lindsaylivswell.com. All right, now let's get into my interview with Lindsay all about gut health. Lindsay Young, welcome back to the Redefining Balance podcast. I am so excited to have you on. I think that you have been our most common guest, if that's even the right way of putting (laughs) it, most repeated guest on, and for good reason. I mean, when it comes to like health, wellness, anything like that, you are my go-to gal. So I just so appreciate you coming on the show so often and sharing with our audience all of your great knowledge. And this topic we're going to be talking about today is something that I've been wanting to talk to you about for literally years. So today we're talking about gut health. But before we get into all your brilliance, remind our audience a little bit more about who you are and share with them what you've been up to. Yes. Well, I love being with you, Jenny, and I absolutely adore your audience. So it's a joy to be able to be here again and talking about gut health. For anyone who might be new, my name is Lindsay Young, and I am a certified transformational nutrition coach and a certified strength and conditioning specialist. And I own a health and wellness brand called Lindsay Lives Well. So I work with women one-on-one and in group nutrition coaching programs. I'm also a homeschool mom of three. And, you know, just like like the rest of the ladies in your audience, kind of trying to juggle the working mom situation. It's a lot. And you've got a lot on your plate. I mean, it's, it's no joke when we talk about trying to work and homeschool and take care of the house and take care of our health and take like, it's a lot on our plates to be juggling for sure. It is. But you know, every night when I go to sleep, I think about how grateful I am that my hands are so full of things that I'm passionate about and things that I enjoy. And I know that that's not 
the case for everyone. So I am truly grateful that even though many days I feel a little bit on the verge of being overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed with things that I love doing. So it's, it's a good place to be in. And it's all good things that you are like really good at and knowledgeable at. And the thing that I love about what you do, Lindsay, especially when it comes to health, is that you have a way of taking things that seem really overwhelming, really complicated, and just kind of like makes your brain kind of like numb out if you're not into that kind of stuff that you make it. So it's like a digestible way for us busy moms that we can take some of the bigger picture ideas and really implement them into practical things for our health. And you do such a beautiful job at that. And I've seen other people try to do that and they don't do it as well as you. So I'm just so thankful that you are following what God has equipped you to do. Hmm. Well, thank you. And I'm excited to hopefully be able to accomplish that today with gut health, because I know gut health can be one of those. I mean, just even saying that it's so, there are so many different ways we could go with just that phrase alone. So many different directions. It can be this kind of big, scary thing that a lot of us don't feel like we really understand. So I hope that I can offer some clarity on that today. And I'm so thankful that we're talking about this because I feel like gut health is one of those things that is moving more and more in popularity. We're hearing about it more and more in different podcasts, different articles that we're reading. Like I was sharing with you before, like I'm getting ads when I'm watching YouTube videos about leaky gut syndrome and different things that we can do for our gut health. And it seems to be something, I don't want to say it's like a buzzword or something that's like, but I feel like the health industry has like these kind of trends and it feels like it's one of those trends that are coming up. Talk to us a little bit about gut health and why you feel like it's kind of on the top of mind for a lot of people right now. Yeah, well, so... Often the term gut health or gut or microbiome is kind of used interchangeably. And we are discovering, I mean, new studies are being done all the time that are really bringing to light that there are so many different aspects of our gut health that impacts different parts of our body from our mood, our energy levels, our immunity. And there are so many different ways that our modern world disrupts that balance of bacteria in our body. So traditionally, we kind of think of ourselves as the human body as this collection of human cells. But what we really are is more of an ecosystem. And an ecosystem is a community of living things, right? So there are all of these like literally trillions of tiny organisms living in and on it, just like there are trillions of those organisms living in and on our bodies. And those organisms are known as microbes, and they include bacteria, viruses, fungi, which I know sounds a little bit gross. And so there are more of them living on our skin right now than there are people on the earth. And there are a thousand times more than that, even within our gut alone. So we're really starting to understand just from a scientific perspective, which then trickles down to what, you know, companies are being able to manufacture and products that they're being able to sell that impact that ecosystem, that impact all of those microbes and all of those organisms that are on our body. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I remember when I was growing up and learning about some of the the microorganisms that live on our body when I was a kid and just being so grossed out <laughs> that they were I remember in one of the the health classes they were talking about like this like worm that lives in your eyelashes and I was like what Ugh. like it just was so disgusting and I always still to this day think of that when I'm like removing my makeup and I'm like I want it off of me and I think it's like such a natural want when you know, like there's like, you were talking about like funguses and bacteria and viruses that live on our skin. And it's like, don't we want to rid ourselves of all of those things? Why would we want more of that in our life or have a balance of that? Is it 
completely wrong to just want that not to be part of your body. <laughs> it's a, well, it's not, I'm not going to say that you're wrong, but it's unnatural and it's not the way that we're designed. We're designed to have this balance. And one of the trends that has led to a destruction of our gut health, of our microbiome, is our kind of zest for over sanitizing and for wanting everything to be so clean and clear of all bacteria, all viruses. I think we forget that we're meant to live in balance with those things. We're not meant to be completely sterile and not have any of those things on our body or in our system. So maybe it's better just to think about it as this is the way that God has created things to be. And so yes. we need to accept <laughs> it, embrace it, and have that be the way that we strive to live. Yes. And it's all about a balance, right? Like there is dysbiosis that occurs when, you know, sometimes when you hear people talk about gut health, they'll talk about like the good guys and the bad guys, right? That we've got this balance of bacteria in our body and we want there to be, to, to oversimplify, we want there to be more, more good guys than bad guys. And when there are more bad guys present, that's where we see examples of different types of illnesses. So we want to do the things, and we'll talk about this more, but that can like fuel and empower the good guys so that we're not overrun by those bad guys. Got it. So when we were just talking about like the things that live on our skin, but today's episode, we're really talking about our gut. So before we kind of get into what that microbiome is in our gut and how we can keep it balanced and all of those things, why is this an important topic? Like why should we even want to do this versus be like, this is a really gross topic. I'm going to turn it right. off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, this is episode. <laughs> uh, so when we have, again, to oversimplify, like too many of those bad critters hanging out in our gut, because that's what, like, when we talk about all of those, like the community of microbes that resides in our gastrointestinal tract, that's what we're kind of referring to when we talk about gut health. And, you know, a lot of times when we think about gut health, we think, oh, it's just like you eat food and then you eliminate it. But there's so much more to it than that. Our intestinal health, of course, we want optimal digestion and absorption and the assimilation of food, but that's a really big job that depends on a lot of different factors. And all of these, you know, bugs that we're talking about contribute to that. So when we've got too many of these bad critters hanging out in our gut, that's linked to things that we don't necessarily, you know, more than just, oh, I have a tummy ache or I have IBS, but things like autism, obesity, diabetes, allergies, autoimmune disease, depression, cancer, heart disease, eczema, asthma, the links between chronic illness and an imbalanced microbiome or an imbalance in your gut bacteria are growing every single day. So our gut bacteria, it's almost like, so it, it regulates so many of our bodily functions. So we think about you know, our body kind of like, if you think hardware and software, like the software would be the gut bacteria dictating so many different things that are happening in our body and regulating that from creating vitamins, controlling our immune system, our brain function, even our metabolism and our weight. So having that correct balance of bacteria in our gut is really critical to so many aspects of our health, specifically long-term. And I know before we hit record, you and I chatted a little bit about brain function and neurological function. And I think that's another phrase and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I feel like I hear it talked about a lot in my world that people are talking a lot about the gut brain connection and about the impact of what's going on in our, on in our gut, impacting our mood and our ability to think clearly and being linked to things like depression and anxiety. 
often our gut and our brain, I mean, they seem like pretty far away and they seem pretty separate, but they are in constant communication through the vagus nerve. So you have a nerve that runs, that starts at the base of your brain and travels all the way down to your colon. And it's kind of like a bi-directional highway. So instead of cars going on that highway, this highway has neurotransmitters like dopamine, GABA, serotonin, and they're constantly going back and forth and communicating. So our brain is sending signals to our gut, which you think if you've ever had a situation where you've maybe you've done public speaking and you've been super nervous and you get like an upset stomach, right? You can understand like your brain, even though it's something that's going on in your head, how that can impact your stomach and it's vice versa. Your gut as well sends signals to your brain. So what's happening with your diversity of your gut, your levels of healthy bacteria, that can send faulty signals to your brain which is so fascinating when we think about things like anxiety and depression and schizophrenia and other forms of mental illness, that it's not just, you know, we're kind of like zeroing in on the brain and what's going on with our mental health and not taking into account how big gut health is of contribution to what's going on in our brain. And this is why I wanted to talk about this particular topic with you, because whenever I, you think about like all of the different ailments that can come or we think about being proactive about our health, I feel like the more I research things or look things up or listen to other experts talk, it always comes down to the gut. And I was like, oh my gosh, if we could get our gut health right, how many things would it be corrected from metabolic function to brain function to immunity? Like it just feels like it's a cure-all just to focus on your gut. Is that like an over statement? Yeah, no, it's you're 100% correct. And I get asked all the time, you know, things like, well, what should I eat to lose weight? Or what should I eat to lower cholesterol? But the truth is that if we're eating with good gut bacteria as the priority, and that's a priority in our lifestyle as well, good health is going to follow because disease is rare when gut bacteria is balanced and bountiful and diverse. Like when you look at people all across the board, when you've got good gut health, you see that absence of disease. And I think that, you know, a lot of times we think about diseases that run in families and we think about things being genetic, which can feel kind of defeating and, you know, disempowering when you're like, oh, well, this runs in my family. I've got this genetic predisposition. But so many of those things, those chronic illnesses like heart disease and types of cancer, they're hugely influenced by our gut bacteria. So what we're finding is that the environment living inside of us, our microbiome, has one of the biggest impacts on our genes and can kind of like you think about a switch, turn them on or off and determine which ones are ultimately expressed as disease. And I think that's cool. I think that's a really empowering way to look at disease because we can't change the family that we're born into. We can't change the medical history of our family, but we can change what's going on in our gut bacteria. This is so fascinating to me. So when we talk about our gut microbiome, what exactly are the things that we should be looking for? How do we know if it's healthy, if it's not healthy? Mm, Good question. So if you've got any type of, I don't want to say disease, but any type of kind of dysbiosis going on in your body where there's some type of dysfunction, I think gut health is one of those things that you always want to be addressing first, because like we talked about before, it's an underlying factor for so many different things. So I think it's something that we always want to be keeping in the back of our mind 
that this is an important part of what I'm doing on a daily, weekly, consistent basis for staying on top of my health. And in terms of caring for our gut, there are, I kind of look at this through a couple of different lenses because we want to think about what's going to encourage good gut health, but we also have to address the things that damage our gut health because we can't, you know, if we're focusing all our energy on the things to improve it and it's not on our radar that there are all of these things that are damaging it, you're not going to be making very much progress. So the big offenders, the biggest one is actually antibiotics. And there's such a strong link between antibiotic use and digestive issues. And I'm so grateful to live in a world where we have antibiotics because, I mean, you know, they prevent death from serious infection every single day. But we do live in a climate of overdiagnosis and overtreatment. And they're often used, you know, for a wide variety of minor self-limited conditions that we don't really need to be prescribing antibiotics. So with the way the antibiotics work is they wipe out all bacteria, they wipe out the protective and the pathogenic species. And, you know, as luck would have it, the bad bacteria is often hardier than the good ones, and more likely to survive an antibiotic to survive a round of antibiotics. So, you know, just to kind of keep that in mind, because doctors are so quick to prescribe them, that if you're able to find a practitioner that practice that is a little bit more conservative in antibiotic use. And I heard this statistic the other day that the average American child will receive 17 courses of antibiotics before their 18th birthday, which is so crazy when you think about these little kids growing up and having that assault on their gut health year after year after year. So doing what you can to avoid antibiotic use is a really big one. And then in addition to antibiotics, A lot of other types of drugs, both over-the-counter and prescription, really wreak havoc on our microbiome because they kill off irreplaceable amounts of bacteria. They change the pH of our gut in a way that favors overgrowth of the wrong bacteria. So they actually kind of change the environment there. And then they also damage the gut lining, which allows gut bacteria access to areas where they normally shouldn't be, which is what, when we hear the term leaky gut, that's what that means, that the integrity of the lining of our gut has been damaged. So we've got kind of like leakiness in our gut as the name says. So some of the other things to kind of look out for in addition to antibiotics are antacids, NSAIDs, birth control, hormone replacement therapy. And these are things that people, you know, might not be able to avoid. They might be on a prescription medication, but at least knowing that, knowing like, okay, I've got this kind of weighing against me. So I need to really focus on these other areas of gut health so that I'm able to kind of combat what's going on every day with medication use. And then artificial sweeteners are a really big one that disrupts the pH balance of our gut. So any type of like diet drink, diet soda, Artificial sweeteners are used in gum. That's one of the reasons why I don't chew gum anymore is because of the artificial sweeteners. So just kind of, you know, take a look. And I know we often think about artificial sweeteners and we think, oh, you know, zero sugar, that's got to be great for you. But there is a downside to the chemicals that is in, that are inside of those artificial sweeteners. And is that for all artificial sweeteners or things like stevia or some of the more natural artificial sweeteners? Do they have the same effect? They do not. So the ones that I recommend are stevia and monk fruit. And those are real food forms of, it gets kind of weird the way we think about it, but those are sweeteners that are made from real food. They're just like really intensely sweet. So stevia is actually an herb that tastes sweet. Whereas those other, when you've got things like 
Splenda and Sweet and Low and Equal Aspartame, like those are actually like chemically made artificial sweetener. Got it. Okay. Yeah. High sugar diets in general, really like the bad bacteria in our gut love sugar. So when we've got diets that are high in sugar and high in simple carbohydrates, like refined carbohydrates, processed carbs that break down really quickly, the bad bacteria love those. Inflammatory fats, which I know we've talked about in past episodes that the good types of fat that we want to have in our diet, like avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, grass-fed butter, but the more inflammatory fats are our seed oils. So canola oil, corn oil, soybean oil, those inflammatory fats, again, put our gut in a place where you're more prone to have that imbalanced pH. Alcohol, stress, infections, and low-fiber diets. Those are the other kind of big culprits that lead to dysbiosis in our gut. Well, and those things are all things that I think everyone (laughs) kind of has in their life. So I can definitely Mm -hmm. see how this could be an issue and something that you really have to pay attention to. Now, other than just, you know, having some kind of a disease show up, how else would we know like if something is off or if someone like, is there a test that we can run or is there just certain symptoms that we should be looking for? Yeah. And so a couple just kind of when I'm doing like a, an initial assessment with a client, I talk a lot about, I ask a lot of questions about their digestion. Like, do you have any, you know, any obvious symptoms? Like, do you burp after meals? Do you have bloating, cramping, constipation, diarrhea? Those are definitely the obvious ones. Like something is going on inside of your gut. If you've got recurring normal symptoms. If you're not having one to two bowel movements a day, if your bowel movements are not, you know, easy to pass. I talk a lot about poop with my clients. So those are kind of some of the obvious ones. Like, hey, let's take a closer look at that and let's figure out, is it something diet related that we need to tweak or could there be something going on that needs more attention? Skin issues is another big one. Like, Acne, eczema, different like, you know, dry patches on your skin are often all linked to gut health. And I've seen that for sure with myself. I used to have terrible cystic acne. And when I cleaned up my diet and healed my gut and balanced my hormones, I like never break out anymore. So definitely different types of skin issues. And then kind of that third layer is I would pay attention to mental health, like inability to concentrate, brain fog you know, kind of we talked about before depression and anxiety, those all too, I would say like, Hey, let's, let's address gut health and see if that's one of the big culprits behind it. If you go to a regular doctor, they're not going to do the testing to kind of go a few layers deep to really be able to diagnose something. So if you're looking for a definitive diagnosis, you're going to need to go to either a functional medicine doctor or an integrative medicine doctor. And they'll do, they can do stool samples, they can do breath tests, they can do a lot of different types of scans that can kind of narrow down maybe exactly what's going on in your gut. But regardless if you have like a big diagnosis that needs to be treated with a professional or if you maybe just have something that's a little bit off in your gut that you could probably kind of troubleshoot on your own, regardless of how big or small the issue is, there's going to be kind of an order that you're going to go through things. So the first is to identify and remove medications practices and foods that are damaging. So maybe you've got, you know, like a chronic shoulder injury that you're taking Advil for every single day that, you know, you just need to like go to physical therapy and get the shoulder injury taken care of so you can stop taking Advil every single day. 
or it may be different types of foods. Like if you know that every time you eat dairy, it gives you diarrhea, but you just can't say no to cheese and you're just like fine with taking the consequences of that, you know, that could be an example of like a type of food that your body clearly doesn't like that you need to remove in order to kind of proceed to steps two and three. So first is to remove things that are damaging. The second is to replace that essential gut bacteria that you've lost. And you can do that with probiotics and probiotic foods because anytime we've got an imbalance in the gut, like, you know, kind of, again, to oversimplify, it means that the bad guys are winning. There's an overpopulation of them. So we want to replace good gut bacteria. And then that third step is that we want to work to restore the health of our gut. And that's by eating the appropriate types of nutrients and foods and potentially supplements. You guys, it's back. Life Balance Method starts a new 12-week program on September 11th, and now is the time to sign up and get ready. You'll learn the life balance system to grow in every area of your life, be more productive, and build solid routines that are the backbone of balanced living, all while keeping you focused on putting God first in your life and living in community. The 12-week program includes weekly lessons to learn the system while you live it out. Plus, I'm going to mail you a life balance planner as an extra resource to help you include the program and its principles in your everyday life. Now, these are audio lessons, which are easy to incorporate into your weekly routine and apply to your already busy life. Why not end the year strong and on the right note and let the next 90 days be the time frame that helps you get organized, clear, and ready to do all that God has called you to? You'll get lessons on each area of life, including your faith, marriage, parenting, home, finances, health, career, and friends and fun. Beyond giving order to these areas of life, you'll learn the monthly, weekly, and daily process of keeping everything balanced in your own unique way. Enroll early and save. Go to yourliferocks.com and click on the programs and resources to learn more. So I want to ask you about the replacement because I think, you know, trying to remove and kind of going through that list of of all of the things that you mentioned as far as artificial sweeteners and stress and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things. I think that that is probably a long process (laughs) to go Mm -hmm. through and make those adjustments. But the replacing bit, I feel like that that is kind of an easy win as far as like selecting the right probiotic and things like that. So how do we know? Because I was just at the drugstore yesterday looking at supplements and like there's so many different probiotics. And I'm looking Mm -hmm. at them. I'm thinking there's no way a gummy probiotic would work, (laughs) right? Like I just don't understand. So talk to us about like when we're looking for a good probiotic, what should we be looking for? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you my recommendations, but then I also have a few caveats that I'm going to come back to. So it is super intimidating when you go to a store and look at the hundreds of different types of probiotics on the market. So there are a couple things that I do recommend. So three things I recommend. First is you want to pick one that has at least 50 billion CFUs. So that's kind of a number you want to look for is 50 billion. And you want to make sure that they have the two most important groups of bacteria, lactobacilli and bifidobacteria. So you want to make sure that those two words are on there. Then when you flip over the probiotic bottle, you'll see how many different strains there are. And they're all like crazy sounding bacteria names. And I like to look for at least seven different strains of bacteria because you want to have part of what we want with our gut bacteria is a lot of variety. 
And then the third is just to check what the shelf life is because there are good probiotics that need to be refrigerated and there are probiotics that don't need to be refrigerated. And it's not, there used to be this way of thinking that the ones that weren't refrigerated weren't any good. And that's not the case. They're just manufactured differently. So you do want to check and make sure that you're, you know, purchasing your probiotic in like if it's bought in the refrigerated section, you want to make sure you're keeping it refrigerated and you're storing it under the conditions that it, that you're instructed to. So that's kind of, I guess, like a general, some general recommendations for probiotics. And then I will say that because there are so many different kinds, this is a situation where it can be really helpful to work with a practitioner because there again, there are just so many different kinds that if you're working with someone who knows a little bit about your specific health, you can, they might be able to recommend one that's going to be more beneficial for just your situation and what your body's gone through. Like if you've been on antibiotics recently, or if what you're struggling with is skin health, like the recommendation would be different than maybe if you're struggling with not being able to think clearly. So one of my favorite supplement brands is called Ancient Nutrition. It's Dr. Axe's supplement company. And they have on their website, a little probiotic quiz. And if I didn't know his company so well, I wouldn't like normally just recommend a random quiz. But I've actually found that quiz to be really accurate in determining what type of probiotic on his website. I think they have four or five different kinds. So you answer different questions about what you're struggling with and what your gut health is, you know, different symptoms, like what your digestion is like, and they'll give a recommendation. So that could be somewhere that people could potentially start. But when it comes to probiotics in general, you also don't have to get your probiotics just from pills. The most cost-effective way to get probiotics is from fermented food. And we actually get a lot more variety in the bacteria when we're eating fermented food than when we're taking a probiotic as a supplement. And I know that it's not like fermented foods like sauerkraut and kimchi and kefir. They're not everyone's favorite foods. (laughs) But if you are kind of budget conscious and buying, you know, good probiotics, it's one of those supplements that I think it's really worth spending money on. I wouldn't go buy buy go and buy a probiotic that costs $10. It's you're just going to be wasting your money. So, I think you're better off saving and taking a probiotic less frequently, that's good quality, and then weaving in more probiotic foods because you can get a jar of wild brine sauerkraut at Costco for like $10. <laughs> that will last you months if you will just take a forkful or two of sauerkraut every single day. And I have so been there. I did not like fermented foods at all. I used to have to plug my nose when I would eat my sauerkraut, but I just knew that it was so good for me that I was willing to, you know, plug my nose and then chase it with a sip of coffee or something to like mask that flavor. So if you're open to eating those fermented foods, they're just such rock stars when it comes to that light bacteria. And they not only contain the probiotics, but they also contain the prebiotic fiber that helps feed and nourish that good gut bacteria too. Yeah. You know, I think it was a few years ago, I heard you talking about fermented foods and I get the same jar at Costco of sauerkraut. Mm -hmm. And if you would have told me when I was like 24, 25, like when you're in your forties, you're going to eat sauerkraut every day. (laughs) I would have been like, you are crazy. That's never going to happen. But yet it happens. It's part of what I do every single day is have a couple forkfuls of sauerkraut, which sounds so crazy, but I can tell it helps a huge difference. So, you know, if it works, it works. 
It really does. And I mean, ways that all kind of hide it in now, like I put it in my tuna salad because I do tuna a couple times a week for lunch. So I put it in there and I've always done that since my kids were little and that's how they get sauerkraut into. I'll put it in their tuna a couple times a week and then I'll put it on salads. I'll put it in like wraps. I just kind of add it to places. So it's not like this kind of intimidating you know, scoop of food on the side of my plate. I try to look for ways that I can kind of hide it. But also, I mean, probiotics is definitely a buzzword that people are pretty familiar with, but we often forget about prebiotics too. And prebiotics are, they're like food for your probiotics. So we need like the good guys, but we also need to be feeding and fueling them. So we think, I kind of think about like the prebiotics are like (laughs) giving them the weapons so that they're not just like standing around. They've actually got fuel so that they can do their job. So prebiotics are, they are found naturally in a lot of different foods like onions, asparagus, leeks, chicory root, artichokes, green or underripe bananas are actually really good prebiotics. Oats are a good prebiotic. So with the prebiotic fibers, those are actually not digested. So they pass through your colon, they pass through your digestive tract and they're fermented in your colon and they turn into short chain fatty acids that repair the cells that line your gut. So they're really important for that third step of like repairing and healing the gut in addition to like fueling those probiotics. Interesting. You know, it's one of those things that you, I never really spent that much time thinking about like what to feed the micro, like assume that like once they're in your system, like they're just going to eat the stuff that's in your system. But mm-hmm. I, it is interesting to think about the different things that you can do to help repair. And it's good. To, I think it's so encouraging to know that, you know, there's all these things in our environment that can damage our gut, but then there's so many things that we can do to strengthen our gut too. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the biggest one too is really just eating a wide variety of vegetables, which I mean, sometimes as a nutritionist, I'm like, this is boring guys. Like it just always comes back to eating more veggies. (laughs) Like there isn't always a magic pill, but like the diversity and number of plants you eat will be reflected in the diversity and number of bacteria that you grow in your gut. So it's really good to think about just trying to eat as many different types of plants as you can every single day. Because when we don't eat enough plant fiber, like we're starving that essential bacteria that we're trying to cultivate and grow in our gut. So eating lots of veggies is really important. And that that variety too. So it's not, you know, you're not just eating like the same type of vegetables all the time. And as a parent, I'm really comforted by the fact that the additions you make to your diet matter more than the substitutions. So what I mean by that is that the absence of nourishing foods rather than the presence of the not so good stuff is what usually leads to a depleted microbiome. So if you if you have really picky eaters that like only eat the same thing all the time, or like maybe you're the picky eater that will only eat like two or three types of vegetables. If you have to you're not going to undo all of your good intentions with the occasional slice of cake. So if you need to like bribe your kids to eat a bigger variety of vegetables by, you know, like if the trade-off is that they eat more veggies, but you're giving them a little treat after their meal, you're not undoing all of the good, right? I think sometimes we think like, oh, it's going to cancel it out. No, like the variety is good for them. So if you can get them to have a variety, giving them a little treat afterwards isn't going to undo what you've just done. So that's like my little parenting hack there. (laughs) That is encouraging for sure. 
for sure. I love this. This has been such good information. I think that we can all really take and apply. That's easy. I mean, like you said, just simply eating more vegetables or getting the the right probiotic for you can make such a huge difference for yourself. Now, is there anything else that we should be thinking of to help heal our guts, repair our guts and making sure that we have good gut health? Yeah. So there are definitely lifestyle factors that contribute to. I mean, I, I know we think about like the foods that we're eating and drinking or the medications we're taking and those like directly popping into our stomach. So of course that's going to impact our gut health, but there are so many things about our environment as well. So kind of what we touched on earlier with wanting to over sanitize things. So harsh chemicals in soaps and personal care products, those create a state of dysbiosis in on our entire body, which directly impacts our gut health. So our body doesn't have to be harshly cleansed every single day. And when we do, we end up stripping away oils and bacteria that we actually need to keep us healthy. I mean, I'm not like, telling people to be dirty, but you know, do we need to be using hand sanitizer 20 times a day or can we just wash with regular soap and water? And then keeping an eye on your ingredients and avoiding products that specifically contain petroleum, dyes, fragrance, parabens, phthalates, sodium lauryl sulfate, or sometimes we'll see that as SLS, triclosan, and other harmful chemicals. So I can't remember if on your podcast, I've talked about using the Environmental Working Group's Healthy Living app. Yes. We have a great app that you can download and you can scan your personal care products and it'll give you a rating. So that's like a great resource to use that you can very quickly identify like, okay, how's my shampoo? How's my soap? How's my makeup? Just to see if potentially the products that you're putting on your skin every single day, if they're contributing to that dysbiosis of the bacteria on your skin, which again, directly impacts your gut. And then the Environmental Working Group also has a tap water database that's super interesting where you put in your zip code and it'll review the quality of water in your area. And that also, like the water, if you know, if we're drinking tap water every single day, that can also hugely impact your gut health. So that's something that you could look at too. And then if you figure out, oh, my, you know, my tap water is terrible, then you can kind of troubleshoot getting a water filtration system and that can really help gut health as well. You know, just like with everything with, when it comes to any kind of health topic, I feel like there's so much to do. <laughs> like it's so many different things to look at and evaluate. But at the same time, I also... I think it's really encouraging to know that we do have more control than we think. We don't have to just be a victim of our genetics or the things going on around us, but there's really a lot of things that we can do proactively for all parts of our health, from being more focused at work to having better moods to our immunity, just by focusing on our gut. And I thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming on and sharing so much wisdom. I mean, you have so much wisdom on this topic. It was like (laughs) blowing my mind as you were talking. I'm like taking notes everywhere. So I hope everyone else was doing the same thing. But I just want to thank you so much for sharing so much of your knowledge and for being the person that's researching this stuff and learning all of this, this information so you can share it with all of us. Oh, well, I'm so glad that you've given me an opportunity to talk. And I know that it can be overwhelming when we think, oh my goodness, I've got all these changes to make. But Like I've said before, what I love so much about health is that when you put just a little bit of time, energy, attention, effort into this area, 
the positive spiral that comes from it. Like if you could just improve your gut health by a little bit and the return that you got on that was better mental clarity and better energy and you, you know, didn't have a stomach ache after you ate dinner and you were more patient with your children, like that return comes back so quickly that then you feel like you've got a little bit more bandwidth and capacity to then focus on another area. So I think you just have to trust that that little bit of effort you put in comes back really quickly. And then you wind up with just more bandwidth than you think you have right now. So good. So good. Well, and I know that you go into a lot of depth on this with your clients. Now, if someone wants to work with you or they want to learn more from you, like what's the best way for them to connect? Oh, yeah. So I I can't remember when this podcast is airing, but I have a free five-day healthy habit challenge that's coming up at the very end of August. So it starts August 30th. You can find me on Instagram at Lindsay, that's with an A-Y, dot lives, dot well, or my website is lindsaylivswell.com. You can sign up for that challenge there. So we're going to be covering nutrition, exercise, mindset, and really focusing on what are the healthy habits that we want to establish now here at the end of August, beginning of September to finish out the year strong, because I know that we're entering like the craziest time of the year. (laughs) So we can get some good habits in place now that will serve us so well going through the holidays. So I've got that coming up at the end of August. And then I am starting the final round of my 12-week program, final round for the year, that begins September 13th. So that's where I take a group of women and it's a combination one-on-one and group nutrition and lifestyle coaching program. So we cover all the aspects of nutrition from gut health and blood sugar and insulin levels and weight loss. And then we also weave in a lot of mindset things as well and lifestyle. So we're learning about meal planning and when you're dining out and eating socially, and how to stock a healthy pantry and how to you know meal prep and do all of those things. I've got workouts included in that. So that will go from mid-September through the beginning of December. Awesome. Awesome. It's such a comprehensive program that you offer. And You know, even I recommend if you're not already following Lindsay on Instagram, on Facebook, that you go ahead and you do that because she's always sharing so much wisdom, great products, like all kinds of good stuff. So Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the show again. And thank you so much for everything that you are doing to empower us to really take charge of our health without it being so overwhelming. (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today. Just because the show is over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Hit subscribe and dive into another episode or jump on over to my YouTube channel for more content to help you thrive as a working mom. Ready to get into action? You can find a number of resources at yourliferocks.com, including the free weekly success planning course. Sign up for free at yourliferocks.com. Talk to you soon.